You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Duval, welcome in to Duval Daily, your daily dose of Jacksonville Jaguars news and analysis by Generation Jaguar. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Welcome into the show. Earlier this week on Twitter, I ran a poll. I asked Jaguars fans what they wanted the team to do with the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And today we're going to break down those results and analyze uh, what the fans have said here. Had about 2,000 responses. Thanks to everybody who contributed to that poll. Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Trayvon Walker were the poll answers for what uh, fans wanted the Jaguars to do with that first overall pick. Of course, there was also the option to leave comments, and we'll get into the top comment as well. But the number one vote getter was Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan Edge defender. Extremely talented guy, was probably the most dominant defensive player in college football in 2021, and uh, he's a heck of a player. There's no doubt about it. Evan Neal, Alabama offensive tackle, he came in with 39% of the vote, so this was a very close race between Hutchinson and Neal, who are the top two guys, betting odds-wise, to go number one overall. So it makes a lot of sense there that those two guys came in at the top. Then we've got a super steep drop-off. Kayvon Thibodeau and Trayvon Walker. Thibodeau out of Oregon, Walker out of Georgia. They're both edge defenders. They came in at 9% each. So, again, 43 for Hutchinson, 39 for Neal, and then 9 for both Walker and Thibodeau. In the comment section, the, the number one comment that I saw here Plenty of folks were asking for a trade down, so we'll also go over that option. Now I'm just going to break down each of these options and what I view as the number one option, how I think uh, things could play out if the Jaguars do select a Hutchinson, a Neal, etc. Make sure to follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter, at Generation Jag, myself at Jordan DeLugo, and please subscribe wherever you prefer to listen or watch. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. So let's go ahead and kick it off with Aiden Hutchinson here. 43% of the vote. 
I'm not, I'm going to sound like a broken record here because everyone and their mother is saying it. He's an incredibly safe pick. Very stout and physical and disciplined against the run. Sets a hard edge against the run. And like I said, very disciplined. He's not going to He's not going to overshoot his gap. He's not going to try to play outside of himself. He's going to play within the system, play within the design of the play. And that's really going to help out a run defense on first and second down. He has the speed to threaten the edge as a pass rusher. Uh, He doesn't have that bend that you really look for, but the speed to threaten is there. And so offensive tackles have grown to respect that speed that he has to get upfield. And, of course, when they overset, he's able to use those inside moves, come across the face of an offensive tackle, get into the backfield, and affect the quarterback. He really does eat, sleep, and breathe football, weight room, and practice warrior. When you combine all that, you've got a really safe package, right? He's obsessed with football. He's good against the run. He's an impact pass rusher, more of a power guy that works works the edge, and then works the inside moves. I think he's going to end up being a 10-sack guy. I think um, he's also going to play the run very well for you, as I've said. My biggest question is, will his lack of length, he has short arms, or his lack of bend impact his ability to get the quarterback at the next level? I don't think so, but I do think it limits his upside. I don't think he's going to be the next T.J. Watt. I don't think he's going to be the next J.J. Watt or one of the Bosa brothers. Everybody compares them. I do think he's going to be a Pro Bowl-level defensive end. I think he's going to be a team leader, a tone setter up front. Um, So, yeah, I I guess I don't see him with that consistent all-pro ceiling. But I do think his floor is just a very good starter for your football team a very good starter who's going to do things the right way and be a leader, be a blue-collar guy. So his fit with the Jaguars, obviously, is across from Josh Allen. I think his presence would really help Josh Allen. It would help everybody on defense, honestly. And I think, like I said, it's a very safe pick. So if this is the direction the Jaguars go, I would not blame them. I would not blame any team for valuing Aiden Hutchinson at one because in the end, you really are trying to mitigate risk with this top overall pick. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of some of the other guys, but you're going to get a damn good football player with Aiden Hutchinson. Evan Neal, offensive tackle out of Alabama. He came in at 39%. He's an absolute freak of nature at six, seven and a half and 340 pounds. Moves like a much, much smaller offensive tackle, more like he's in the 300-pound range. But he has the power at the point of attack in the run game that you're looking for, really moves guys off the ball, excellent pass sets, well-timed punches, great feet. He's smart. You can see it. He's very assignment sound. He's athletic, excellent in the passing game and in the running game. His flexibility, which is really rare for his size, that might be the rarest trait he has for his size. It allows him to play shorter, to play with better leverage, to get up under the pads of smaller guys. And uh, that's just so impressive and so rare for someone 
at Evan Neal's size, six seven and a half and three hundred forty pounds. You're not going to overpower him. He's got a great anchor. He's going to move you off the ball in the run game. He's versatile to play either tackle spot. He played left tackle in 2021, right tackle in 2020, played left guard as a freshman in 2019. So he can play any spot on the offensive line for you outside of center. He's just a little bit too big and bulky to play uh, right there in the middle of the offensive line. So for me, this is a home run type of pick. I don't think you could miss by taking Evan Neal, who – The Jaguars have questions along their offensive line. They really do when you look at 2022 and when you look long-term. Cam Robinson had the franchise tag placed on him, the left tackle. He hasn't signed that franchise tag. The Jaguars have talked about wanting to extend him. Um, That hasn't happened yet either. So you don't know what his future is beyond 2022 or even in 2022. At left guard, you had Andrew Norwell move on to Washington. So Ben Barch kind of slots in there right now, probably either Ben Barch or Will Richardson, right? I think you'd rather have Barch in the lineup uh, than Richardson at this point. But so you have a question at left guard at center. Brandon Linder just retired. You do have Tyler Shatley, who you feel good about as a stopgap option. Of course, Neil is not going to address that center position at right guard. You're good to go for now because you signed Brandon Scherf, one of the best in the game. Of course, he is injury prone, but. When he's healthy, he's your starter, no question about it. And then at right tackle, what are you doing? Do you have Jawan Taylor in the starting lineup? Do you have Walker Little in the starting lineup? Uh, so there are question marks. Evan Neal, whether he came in and played right tackle for you, played left guard for you in year one, he's going to make a big impact. He's going to help protect Trevor Lawrence. He's going to help clear the way for James Robinson and Travis Etienne when those guys are healthy. So when you talk about drafting a guy that is going to positively impact the trajectory of Trevor Lawrence in year two, help the infrastructure around him, I don't think you could do any better than Evan Neal, to be completely honest. And uh, he's the guy I would take at number one overall if I was making the decision. He's my number one ranked prospect. And He's going to be on the field at the same time as Trevor Lawrence. He's going to help Trevor Lawrence. He's going to help the passing game and the running game. The next two guys, Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau, both came in at 9%. We'll tackle Kayvon Thibodeau first. For my money, he is the most talented edge in this class. He came in as a freshman, uh, was the top recruit in the country, dominated for the Oregon Ducks as a freshman, continued to do so throughout his career. He's only a junior. He played through some injuries in 2021 and at times didn't quite look like himself, but uh, he still continued to fight. For me, he's got the best get off in this class, the best first step, the explosiveness. He consistently makes tackles over set to the outside because they're afraid of that speed and they're afraid of his ability to bend around the top of the arc and to get to the quarterback. Uh, When he catches them over setting, he'll work right through them with a long arm or inside swim move. Uh, that that long arm he has is lethal. When those guys overset and get off balance, he just blows straight through them, drives them into the quarterback. Like I said, he can flatten at the top of the arc and explode into the backfield. He doesn't have the best bend, but he has incredible balance, which allows him to play over his toes and not lose balance. I think that comes from core strength and lower body strength that he's able to kind of get 
almost lateral to the ground and pursue the quarterback parallel to the ground. Really impressive. Uh, as a run defender, he plays he plays the run at a high level. He sets a hard edge. He's got the strength to hold up out there. And he also has legitimate value in moving around the formation. He's lined up inside. And because he has a more compact frame, because he has length and quickness and power, he can handle guards on the inside. Uh, he can he can play the run on the inside. He can beat them inside, kind of like um, Arden Key, who the Jaguars just signed. Arden Key's only 6'5", 240, but he can line up inside and take advantage of his length and a quickness against those guards. Kayvon Thibodeau can do the same thing, but he's even more powerful. And I think he's actually stronger pound for pound than Aiden Hutchinson, which I don't think a lot of people would expect. And that's not based off the the bench press. That's based off what what I see on the field. I think he holds up better because he has he's able to play with better leverage than Hutchinson on the inside. He has excellent instincts and feel for dropping in coverage as well. I mean, this is a guy that you can really use as a Swiss Army knife, a chess piece. He can line up on the edge, line up at three tech. He can drop into coverage and make an impact. Um. Really, for me, I just wish there was a little more discipline at times. I wish that he he didn't kind of try to just play outside of what the what the play call is asking him to do at times. And I think you could see a little bit more variance in the pass rush approach. I think he can develop moves, uh, more moves. But like I said, you can develop those things. Uh, there's questions for some about his passion for football, his character. I think those are way overblown. He has come out and said some questionable things in terms of like, was that really smart to come out and say, comparing yourself to Jadavion Clowney, who hasn't been a bust, but as a guy who was looked at as kind of a transcendent talent, he has not come in and, and produced the way you would expect. So why are you going to compare yourself to that? That's not a good look. Um, he came out and said that, uh, you know, at these high school all-star events, he kind of dominated Evan Neal. Then, of course, people find the receipts. People find the videos of Evan Neal putting them on his ass. So I think there are some questions about, like, is he overconfident? But everything I've researched, everything I've been able to uncover, and, of course, I don't have the benefit, like these NFL teams do, of talking to the college coaches, of talking to position coaches, guys that have worked with him for a long time. Um, so I don't have the benefit of, of getting that background. But from everything I've been able to tell, Kayvon Thibodeau is a hard worker. Uh, you see him busting his ass to, to, to make plays all over the field. I don't have any questions about his, his football character, to be completely honest. Is he Aiden Hutchinson with his football character? No. But do I have concerns with it? Also, no. So this is a guy, for me, I think he has the highest ceiling of any edge rusher in this class, bar none. I don't think it's close. He's immensely talented. Again, he dominated the Pac-12 as a freshman. Really impressive. Uh, so this is the guy I would choose to build my edge class around or my my defense around if I was making the decisions. Um I would pick him over Aiden Hutchinson. I would. But again, I wouldn't take either of these guys over Evan Neal, who's going to help Trevor Lawrence, who's going to help the run game, who's going to be a, a really versatile piece to your offensive line, can fill in at a, a lot of different spots. Then we get to Trayvon Walker. 
absolute vines for arms, incredible length, strength in his lower body, his core, and his hands. Incredible athlete. If you were scouting just based off the combine alone, he's your guy, right? But of course, that's not what we're doing here. Walker played on a defense at Georgia that really didn't allow him to line up inside of the tackle and just kind of rush the passer, or excuse me, outside of the tackle and just rush the passer. They moved him around a ton. He played interior for a lot of his career. He continued to do that in 2021. And then when he was lined up on the edge, he kind of was lined up heads up with tackles quite often. He was really more of in a contained role than a pure just pin your ears back and get after the passer. Um, he's really talented. He, he's got flashes on tape of pass rush moves, pass rush prowess. He's incredibly fast on the football field. He makes plays all over the field that you just wouldn't expect a guy his size to be able to do. He's 6'5", 275, ran in the four fives, tested out of his mind in every athletic test you can you can really look at. He's really impressive against the run already, and I think that's kind of what Georgia was asking him to do more often than not. That Georgia defense kind of wanted the defensive linemen to to eat up those those offensive linemen and let the linebackers come in and make plays. That's okay. It just didn't allow Walker to really showcase and develop as a pass rusher. But there are flashes, like I said. Um, this is a guy for me I like as a first-round prospect. He's more of a middle-of-the-first-round guy for me. When you look at his matchups with Evan Neal, over the course of 2021 in the SEC championship and in the national championship, Evan Neal really got the better of him in the run game and in the pass game. And for me, if you can't show up and make an impact against another top prospect, that's a a bit of a red flag. And I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I think at worst you're getting an elite run defender who's going to make splash plays all over the field but the pass rush refinement is just not there for Trayvon Walker. So for me, this is not a guy I would even consider in the top five, really. Probably not in the top 10 because he's not going to make an early impact as a pass rusher, in my opinion. That's going to need to be developed. He's the edge four in my class right now, or in the class right now for me, behind. Thibodeau, behind Hutchinson, behind Jermaine Johnson. I had David Ajabo in front of him before the Achilles injury. So obviously, I'm not as high on Walker as some people like Dane Brugler of The Athletic, who I really respect. I just don't see it in terms of a number one overall pick or a top five pick with Trayvon Walker. So the other option that a lot of people answered in the comments was that trade down. I think this is optimal. Because if you trade down with Detroit, you're obviously going to get one of your top two guys. Uh, Detroit's sitting there at number two. There's been some rumors that they would be interested in moving up to one to make sure they can secure Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, if you're going to trade down with a team like New York, who has multiple first-round picks, or even Philly, um, there, there's several teams that have multiple first-round picks you could trade down with. If you're trading into five or seven with the Giants could land a guy like Jermaine Johnson, who I have in front of Trayvon Walker. I think Jermaine Johnson in the Georgia defense in 2020 
He was more impressive than Trayvon Walker, especially as a pass rusher. Had five sacks for Georgia in 2020 before transferring to Florida State, where he frankly dominated for most of the season. He's an excellent run defender. His flashes of pass rush are are regular. They show up in every game. They're not as consistent as a Hutchinson or a Thibodeau, but just as impressive athletically, physically. I think you get this guy in a system and uh, have him in the same system for more than a couple of years. The, the sky's the limit for Jermaine Johnson, and you could get him in a trade-down situation. You could land your top wide receiver in a trade-down situation, whether that be Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, who you saw um, he's able to kind of, after that ACL injury, he's going to start running here soon. He's supposed to be running by the NFL draft. He was moving around looking pretty good at the Alabama Pro Day. Whoever it may be with that wide receiver, um, if you still wanted an offensive tackle, Charles Cross, excuse me, Charles Cross or Ikea Kwanu likely could still be on the board for you if you trade it down into the five to seven range. So yeah, I think trading down is optimal. I, I do think if you're going to stick at one, that's fine too. Take Neil Thibodeau or Hutchinson. Hutchinson's the favorite right now. I would not blame the Jaguars for making any of those three picks, and I wouldn't blame them for trading down. Of course, you lose control if you trade down of the draft. You lose the ability to land your top prospect, potentially, but you do gain more picks, and more picks early on can be very beneficial for for building a team that needs help in a lot of areas. Now, let's talk a little bit about my draft philosophy, a couple of the guys or a couple of the things that I like to think about when I'm evaluating these guys. If I'm drafting a guy, I do want him to be a complete prospect, especially in the first round. I want to feel confident in his ability to make an impact on all three downs, whether that be on offense or defense. I want him to be able to make an impact for your team, whether you're trying to defend the run, whether you're trying to run the ball and make an impact in the passing game. I want him to be complete with a first-round pick. But if I'm having to choose between a guy who makes a bigger impact right now in the passing game or someone who makes a bigger impact in the running game, I think it's pretty obvious who you should be looking at here. It's easy. This is a passing league. You cannot forget that. Yes, you've got to be able to run the ball, but your passing game is going to be the key to getting you far into the playoffs. You've seen it in recent years. The teams that are winning the Super Bowl, they have the quarterback, they have the receivers, they have the offensive lines. You've got to be able to get the job done passing, and you've got to be able to stop the pass on defense as well. It's more critical than stopping the run. It's more critical than running the ball. That's just where the league is right now. So if I'm having to choose between, let's say, Charles Cross, who is an elite pass protector, but didn't do as much run blocking in that air raid scheme at Mississippi State, or a guy like Ikea Kwanu, who's one of the most dominant run blockers you'll ever find, but he's still very underdeveloped in his ability to protect the passer, in my opinion. It's easy. I got to choose Charles Cross. He's going to come in and he's going to help me throw the ball. He's going to come in and help me uh, create chunk plays, which is the name of the game in the NFL right now, more so than Ikea Kwanu is. Uh, I do like Ikiakuanu's development over the last couple of years as a pass protector, but he's still got a long way to go. Whereas Charles Cross is ready-made to come in and, and play for a team that's going to throw the ball 30 to 
40, maybe even 50 times in a game. That's the guy you're going to get with Charles Cross. Um, defensively, it's the same thing. If I'm choosing between a guy who can rush the passer or a guy who can stop the run as a as an edge defender, I'm choosing the guy that can rush the passer all day. Um, that's just how I view evaluating some of these prospects. I, I just couldn't get I couldn't get myself to draft an Ikea Kwanu before a Charles Cross with his ability to come in and and really help you out in the passing game. That's going to do it for Duval Daily today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm really having a good time coming in and talking some Jaguars football, getting in these quick episodes. Let me know what you think in the comments, on Twitter, YouTube, whatever, wherever you're watching. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Uh, follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. And of course, uh, make sure to tune in. You can check out our latest podcast between me and Jeremy, the Gen Jag podcast. Dropped it this morning. We talked about the Jaguars' top team needs, talked about uh, the Brandon Linder retirement, how that impacts the offense, the offensive line. And we also got into a bunch of other stuff, including um, the Arden Key signing, which I also talked about here yesterday. But that's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day, Duval. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.